songs, if you think about what we sing those songs, is now is a time to worship. Now is a time to come before the God. Now is a time to to make a declaration and declare who are you going to roll with. I mean, in times like these, in situations like these, uh, you got to know who you rolling with, who you walking with, and we declare in the name of Jesus that we will serve the Lord no matter what. So we're going to jump right into the word this morning. We're got, we're, there's a lot for us to cover this morning, but I believe by faith that we'll get it all done in the name of Jesus. So let, uh, pray with me right now. Before we get started, we're going to pray concerning the family members, the soldiers, all those who are in the nation in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan right now in the name of Jesus, we're going to pray for them. And the reason why we're going to pray for them is because there is a lot of stuff going on, a lot. And you can't just watch what's going on in the media because you, you don't always get the full story. So today we're going to talk about a whole lot of things. And I trust and believe that you're going to be blessed by everything that it is that you're going to hear today. This is not a political. This is not this is not right or left. This is not about uh, the president. Uh, President Biden, this is not about Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. This is not about uh, the Taliban. This is not about anything else except what is it that the Word of God has to say concerning the situation in the name of Jesus. And the reason why I know that this is a right now word is because God woke me up at 4 o'clock this morning. It's like, I need you to begin to talk about this situation. So that's what we're going to do. Now, we're not talking about the situation in Afghanistan as a whole but we're going to talk about what is the climate right now uh in the world and throughout the body of christ and what the body of christ how the body of christ is supposed to respond so this is your very first time joining us here at ignite depot we want to welcome you welcome you welcome you and man i trust that you will be blessed by everything that you hear in the name of jesus so i always make this declaration and then we jump right into where it is god wants us to go it says this in accordance to isaiah 61 and 1 it says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek, and sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain, open of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, a day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that, they, that he might be glorified. And they... And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolation, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity, your word. We thank you, Father, that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but, Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already welcome in this place. Continue to move up in every aisle. Touch each and every person across the airways right now, and in the name of Jesus. Father, may you be glorified in all that we say and do. In Jesus' holy, majestic name, let us all say amen. Now, before we get started, I was prompted in my spirit that we need to pray for uh, all the families in Afghanistan. Uh, we need to pray for uh, the military forces over in Afghanistan, uh, the women, the children, the men, the innocent people who are being, uh, being infected or are, are having all this stuff come against them because of 
uh, rebel few. So we're going to pray for them right now in Jesus' name. So lift up your voices with me and pray. Father God in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may attain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Father, we pray for every family member, every military person, Father God, who lost their life, every family that was affected by it, all those in Afghanistan who have been affected by what is going on with the Taliban right now, with ISIS and all the unrest is there. Father, we pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. We declare that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Every tongue rose against them in judgment. We condemn and find to be in the wrong. Father, we pray right now that you render your divine intervention, Father God, that you're sending the laborers from the north, the south, the east, and the west to intervene into that situation and circumstance right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will give President uh, uh, Biden wisdom, knowledge with understanding, not only him, but the members of Congress, the House of Representatives, Father God, to give the, the Joint Chiefs of Staff your wisdom, your knowledge with understanding, surround them with people, men and women of God who will be able to speak into their life, speak your plans, your purposes, and your pursuits on how to move forward in the name of Jesus concerning this situation. Father God, I declare that every need is met with an abundance aside. I declare that people are healed from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet, not only physically, but emotionally, Father God, in the name of spiritually, in the name of Jesus. Father God, show yourself mighty and show yourself strong in this situation. Father, we know that you're not the one behind it but father i know that you are the you are our solution you are the answer father god to bring about healing deliverance protection and safety and we dispatch our ministering angels to go out now to minister to them in the name of jesus and to bring to pass these things which we pray in jesus holy majestic name amen and glory to god so be it now i'm going to share something with you this morning and i i, I trust that you're you're ready to receive it if I was to give this a message a title, I would give this title. There's no escaping choices. There's no escaping choices. And we're going to jump into there because so many people want to say, well, this person's fault and it's that person's fault. And this is the reason why this is happening. And that's the reason why this is happening. And the word of the Lord today is saying there's no escaping choices. Everybody has a choice from the very foundation in the world. Everyone has a choice. And with every choice and decision that you make, good or not so good, there will be a result. No matter what, there's no escaping choices. And even if you make a decision not to, you say, I'm not going to make a choice. You've already made a choice to not make a choice, which still renders you a decision. So I'm going to share with you this word of the Lord that I got this morning. And he says this. He says, for the body of Christ, set your affections on things which are above, not on things of the earth, for they are but for a moment and then they pass away. But the things above are eternal. So the things that are on this in this world are temporary they only last for a moment but the things that are of god are eternal he says there's no escaping choices no matter who you are or where you go and the sooner you realize it the better off you will be he says you can't make other people's decisions for them no matter how much you want to because they have free will just like you do he says you can give them all the information i give you but ultimately they have to make their own decisions for that is my way of doing things says the lord of hosts he goes on to say the choices are set before you life or death blessing or cursing you have to 
choose. And no one else, even I, God says, can't choose for you. For in doing so, I would violate my own covenant with you, for I'm bound by my word. That's why prayer is so important, because it authorizes me to intervene into every situation and circumstance. But I'm still limited to whatever the other person will to do, will do it or not. That part never changes. Just like I don't violate your free will, neither will I violate the will of another. So pray fervently. That tremendous power is made available to you and I will do the rest. So you can't make another person's choice. You can't make another person's decisions for them, no matter how much you want to. You know what? So, I mean, I know, I know as parents, Parents, there's sometimes you can see your child getting off. You can see your child going down the wrong way and you want to jump in and, and you want to make their decisions and you want to make their choices and you can give them all kind of information. But at the end of the day, the decision is still theirs. If they're grown, the decision is still there. Even if they're young, the decision is still there because they, you know, I learned this watching, watching our puppy. Now he could do everything he's supposed to do when somebody's watching him. But what, ha what the true test of what, whether what's working is not is what does he do when nobody's looking? What does he do when he doesn't have that authority there? What does he do when he's, there, he, something new was introduced to him? Does he, rem does he continue to do what it is he's been trained or taught to do? Or does he lean to a different, make a different decision and does something else. And a lot of times what happens is, you know, I know people who've gone through all kind of uh, rehab programs and say not whatever you want, but it, I told them, I said, it's like a dog being on the leash. As long as the dog is on that leash where they're holding that control over you, you will do everything that you're supposed to do. The true test of whether or not it really took or whether or not you really benefited from it is what do you do the moment that you graduate? What do you do the moment that they release you? What do you do when you come to the end of that program? What it really comes down to is whatever choices that you make, you are going to see the fruit of it, good or bad. It doesn't matter who you are. There's no escaping choices. Say that with me. There's no escaping choices. There's no escaping choices. See, we sung that song earlier today, how Christ is the cornerstone. And you got to understand, you know, when we see all these things going on in the world today, you know, people, there's so much unrest, there's wars and rumors of wars. It's, Jesus had said that there was going to be days like this, but it never said that God was the one who was behind it. Jesus said there's going to be days like this, but it never says that God is the one behind it. Why? Because we're going to talk about it today. There are, there are certain choices and decisions that people make, and it, it causes a reaction, and it causes a response. So we're going to get into that in the name of Jesus. Now, it says here in Matthew chapter 24, I'm reading out, uh, out of the Amplified Classic, it says this. It says, and you will hear, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, explaining to them what were the 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 end what would be the indicators or signs that the end of the age or the end of this age of grace is upon us and he said this he says and you will hear of wars the first thing he said that you will hear is a is a see as an indicator that the end of the age is coming he says deception will run rampant 
Now, deception means that it's truth. There's a certain amount of truth with a twist to it. And what, what, what it, it sounds like the truth, but there's just enough of a twist on it that makes it a lie. And the whole purpose of that misguided information is to deceive you or to mislead you. And Jesus warned them from the very beginning, beware because deception is going to be running rampant. He says, so you have to pay attention. You got to be on guard. He also goes on and says, and he says, you're going to be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. He says, see that you are not frightened or troubled. He says, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. He says, for nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in places at the place. He says, all this is but the beginning. The early pains of the birth pains of the intolerable anguish. In other words, all these things are going to happen. It's been prophesied. All these things are going to happen. He says, but I'm telling you, I'm informing you. I'm letting you know beforehand. All these things are going to happen. But you don't become afraid. He says, don't even give in to your fear. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in. Don't become afraid. He says, because all these things are going to happen, but the end is not yet. Now, what is our responsibility as members of the body of Christ? What are we supposed to do? Well, our responsibility is we, first of all, we got to pray. We got to pray because remember, God can't go. He can, is only limited to, to whatever it is you invite him into. And you do that through your prayers. So what else are you supposed to do? He goes on and says, if we continue to read him in Matthew 24, he says this, he says, all he says, we are to endure to the very end. And what else are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand. He says the kingdom of God will be preached to all nations as a witness. He says, and then the end of this age will come. So what are, what are, as members of the body of Christ, what are we supposed to be doing when all this stuff is going on? First thing we got to remember, it's the same thing we sung about a few minutes ago. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's not just a cornerstone. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He says, what is a cornerstone? A cornerstone is the stone which lies at the corner of two walls and unites them. It is, Jesus is the principal stone. He is the principal piece by which everything else is built around. He is the principal piece by, by which everything else is built around. He's supposed to be the chief cornerstone in each believer's life. And by him being the chief cornerstone, everything else you do in your life is built as a result of him. It's built off of him. So if you have a house that's not built on Jesus, you need to tear that bad boy down and start over again. How do you start over again? It's simple as just repenting. Repentance simply means to change your mind, change your actions, and change the results. So when you change, you change your actions, you change your mind, you're going to get a different result. Repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry. You, you can apologize for what it is that you do, but it doesn't stop there. You have to renew your mind by what God's word says concerning that situation and that circumstance. If you do not renew your mind, if you do not begin to do something different, you have not repented. You've only said, I'm, 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 you've only apologized. You have not repented. True repentance means I got new information. I have changed my mind. 
Now I'm going to turn from what it is I was doing before. And now I'm going to be begin to do something new. If you have not made the decision to get new information, to renew your mind to God's way of doing things and then begin to do it, you have not repented. I didn't say that. That's what the Bible says. Repentance is renew your mind. Change, turn from what you're doing and begin to walk in a new thing he's already put before you. All right, you're listening to me. Now, if Jesus is not the chief cornerstone of your life, you have an opportunity to do. And it's simply saying, Father, I, I just realized that Jesus, you're not the chief cornerstone of my life. You're not by, you're not the stone by which everything else in my life is built off of. So I make a decision right now to repent because I have this new information. So I'm going to turn from what it is I was doing before. And then I'm going to begin to walk in what it is that your word says I'm supposed to do. Do y'all see how easy that is? Is Repentance is not about condemnation. Re can, what the Holy Spirit does is he convicts or he convinces or he shows you the right way. And then he gives you the opportunity to make a choice. Mark chapter uh, three talks about this. See, you got to understand with all these wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and people arguing on this side and and people, you know, arguing I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican or I'm I'm um, I'm a conservative or I'm a liberal. Or I'm an NDP. Uh, what's going on here in Canada? They have this new election, this this federal election that's coming up on September the 20th. And if you really understand everything that's going on behind it. It all comes down to one thing, power. It's all about power. It's not even about the people. It's about power. And if you don't understand the true nature and motive behind what's been going on, you would just think it's, hey, you know, just like, why? Because it, it, even the people of other parties uh, was telling the prime minister, this election is not necessary, but he did it anyway. So you're about to find out what you're about to find out. So what am I asking all the members of uh, in the nation of Canada and throughout the world to do? Pray for the nation of Canada. Pray concerning this federal election. Pray God's perfect will be done in it. And pray that people will not remain silent and they won't be quiet. Now, why is all this uprust uh, and um, and confusion and all this stuff going on? Why is the adversary pushing so hard to cause all kind of chaos? I'm going to tell you. The reason why is this. He knows that the more chaos that goes on, the more people are going to become divided. And why does he want to get people to become divided? Because he understands that a house that's divided against itself can't stand. So if I'm arguing with you, saying you're on the left, and this person's on the right, and we're fighting back and forth and fighting back and forth. As long as we're fighting each other, guess who you can't fight? You can't fight the adversary because you're too busy looking at the individual. Ephesians 6 tells us this. He says this in, in uh, Ephesians 6. He says this, starting at verse 10, he says, Stand strong in the Lord and the very power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the trickeries or the schemes of the devil. Why? He says, he says, because you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Your weapon, your warfare is not against flesh and blood. Your, your, warfare, your warfare is not against your brother 
who calls herself a Democrat or your brother who calls himself a Republican or your sister who calls herself a, a conservative or your your mother-in-law who calls herself a liberal or your cousin who calls himself an NDB. Your warfare or battle or conflict is not against them. Why? Because they are only puppets in the game. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, even when he makes decisions that he makes that goes against the things of God, guess what? He is just a puppet in the game. Even President Joe Biden and, and Vice President Harris, or, or even with President Trump or whoever you want to name, if they make a decision or they make legislation that goes against the word of God, understand it this, they are only puppets in the game. So if you spend all your time being mad at him, are being mad at her because of the things that they're doing. Understand, they're a puppet. There's somebody else behind them pulling the strings. And a lot of times, they're not even aware that they're being pulled or used as a puppet. Why? Because just like God gets his expression in the earth through the body of Christ, the adversary, Satan, gets his expression in the earth by people who yield themselves to him. Can I tell you this? Even a believer in Jesus Christ can yield themselves to the adversary to carry out his plans and purposes unaware. It's possible. It's happening. In fact, it's happened to all of us. And you don't believe me? If you got in conflict with your husband or your wife, your mother or your father over something simple, and it, you ended up in contentious confusion with one another, understand this. One of you or both of y'all are yielding to the adversary. Why? Because all contentions, all strife is a result of pride. So if I realize that my battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. If I realize that the adversary is always at work with trickeries and schemes to try to get me into conflict and, and, and war with each other, then because his whole goal is to make sure I'm so busy fighting, we are so busy fighting with one another. Even in the church, we're so busy fighting with one another. The one person we forget to fight is the one who's behind it in the first place. Because if you can't, if you deal with him, then you will squash out a whole lot of that other mess that's going on. So his whole goal behind all the wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and the whole nine yards is to get you into division. Because once you're in, in division, your house can't stand. It says this in Mark chapter 3, verse 23. It says this. It says, and he called unto them. He's talking about Jesus. And he said unto them in parables. This is Jesus talking. He says, how can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, the house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but hath an end. In other words, the moment I can get you into division, the moment I have you fighting against each other, guess what? I have just weakened your house. I've just weakened your kingdom. And what's actually, what's going to ultimately happen? Your house is going to fall. Your kingdom will, will, will come under attack and it will be hard for you to be able to stand because you're so divided. 
That's the adversary's main objective with all the deception, with all the famines, with all the wars, with all the confusion is to get you to be divided. And if you don't realize by now that there's houses that are divided, man, you are not paying attention. You might even have a war going on on, on the inside of yourself. You want to know how that happens? Because when you are divided against whether you're going to follow what the word of God says or whether you're going to yield to what the world says or not, you have division. You know what the word division means? Two different divisions about the same issue. If I look at a situation and I see what's going on in Afghanistan and I say God is behind that situation, but then I can look in the word that says everything from God is good, then, hey, I have just said God did something that his word said he does not do. Then I got then I got to try to figure out, well, it's the Taliban. Well, is this person is that person is this person. Understand this, regardless of who it is, if there is death, destruction and confusion thievery confusion it comes from understand the adversary his name is satan is behind it he's behind it why because and we're not going to get into it in this in this the message today but you got to understand that when adam and eve bowed their knee to him in the garden they did not just lose the garden they gave up the very authority and dominion that God had given to them from the foundation of the world when he created Adam and put him in the garden and he gave them dominion. He gave them power and he says, I want you to cultivate and, and, and keep or protect this garden. And he says, and I have made you in my image and in my likeness. So everything I have, you have, and I'm giving it to you. Now, Adam, the only way Adam could lose it was he had to violate the one law or the one instruction or command that God gave him. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. That word die wasn't physical death. He was talking about spiritual separation. You're going to separate yourself from me. That's what God, it was what God told the man of God. And that's exactly what happened. Now, when he did that, because he yielded to the instructions of Satan, Guess what happened? Satan now became his God. He he now have a, had authority over Adam. And now Adam took on a new nature. He took on the nature of sin and death. He took on the nature of the kingdom of God. And as a result, that passed on to all men after him. It, well, everyone who was born into the earth, after Adam and Eve bowed their knees, took on the nature of the adversary even though when it was originally established they had authority over it so now you had the kingdom of god and you also had you have the kingdom of darkness but who is the deciding factor who is the deciding factor of what is going to happen you are now what how is that because when jesus came his whole purpose was to reestablish the kingdom of god back into the earth his whole premises was to reestablish god's way of doing things in the earth but the way he had to do it was he had to go to the cross and pay the price for the sin 
And how did how did God save that the price of sin was paid for even in the Old Testament time? Through the blood of an animal. But over under old covenant times, they had to do it once a year. When Jesus went to the cross, shed his blood for all mankind, he had he did it one time, and it was counted unto it. And once he did it for that one time, it covered it it didn't even cover sin. Now it washed away sin. See, God is not mad at you. God's not walking around, you know, remembering everything that you do. God is focusing on the fact that, guess what? You are now in the, if you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you are down in the body of Christ. And if you, you're now in the body of Christ, guess what else? The adversary no longer has authority over you unless you bow your knee to him. In other words, he puts you back in right standing with God, just like Adam and Eve were before they bowed their knees, before they yielded to that temptation, before they gave in. And they went against what God's word said and made a decision to follow what the adversary presented to them. When you accept Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, you go back in as, as if you had never sinned. In God's eyes, it's as if you have never sinned. You're a brand new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If any man be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Now, you ask me this question. What does that all this have to do with the choices yours? Or there's no escaping choices. Because just like Adam and Eve had a decision to make, when the adversary presented them with something that was count was counter uh was not like what is God had said they had to make a decision what who they was going to believe whether they was going to hold to what it is that God had said to them from the very beginning or was they going to make a decision and choose something else see every day you are faced with decisions and choices every day every throughout the moment every moment of there you are faced with choices and decision and God will not make that decision for you and your adversary can't did you realize that even when adam and eve was in the garden he satan even though he was talking to him through way of a serpent he could not make them partake of the fruit he could not make them eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil all he could do was present it and take what god says and twisted it to make it deception he deceived eve adam openly rebelled but eve was deceived because Adam knew, she knew, but Adam knew. And, the, and the, the unfortunate part about that is a lot of times we know what we should do. It's just not what we want to do. Man, I, I know I shouldn't be going to that club tonight because I, I, have, I call myself a Christian. I call myself a believer. And I say that I'm following Jesus, but I, I, you know what, man? You know, YOLO, you only live once, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock it out. God knows my heart. God understands I'm a work in progress. See, this is the, diff this is the change, though. When you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, many people accept Jesus as Savior, but they never accept him as Lord. Lord means he has the final say. So if he says, go, if he tells you, hey, you know, uh, your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit, so glorify me in your spirit and body. If I'm going to glorify you in my spirit and body, I'm going to be mindful of what I put into my body, what, what type of foods that I'm going to eat, what kind of uh, 
things I'm going to drink? Am I going to put drugs into my body? What kind, you know, who, what I'm going to do with this body? Am I going to exercise this, this body? Am I going to take care of this body? Am I going to do whatever I want to do with this body? Am I going to let other people do whatever they want to do with this body? When I understand that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, then I treat it different. I look at it different. I don't worship my body, but I understand the one who's on the inside of me. And that's for everybody who's called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if I'm talk, if I'm thinking about going to a club and I call myself a believer, the first thing I say, Jesus, should I go to this club tonight? Jesus, should I go over Mary's house tonight, you know, to uh, Netflix and chill? Jesus, should I go here? Or should I go there? Should I do this? Or should I do? Why are you even acknowledging him? Because he is Lord, supreme in authority, supreme in character. He is gets the final say if he's lord see this thing about choices there's choices every single day now turn with me over to deuteronomy chapter 30. now that you understand that when we talk about all these things going on the earth it's like god is doing this and god is doing that no 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 every good gift and every perfect gift comes from god you have the kingdom of god in operation in the earth but you also have what's known as the kingdom of darkness or the dominion of darkness, which is what Satan, when he deceived Adam and got Adam to bow his knee, Adam gave that authority that God had given to Adam. Adam gave that authority over to the adversary. And now the adversary goes about mimicking. He can't create anything new. He mimics the things of God, but he does it on the opposite side. Everything about him is, is all about pride. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. That's what his thing is. It's all about me. That's what caused him to get kicked out of, of heaven in the first place because he wanted it to be about all about him. Now think about this. You're in the highest place in the joint. You're at the right there at the, at the throne of God leading worship. And you got so he, he got so high on his own supply that he didn't no longer wanted to, to be uh, leading the worship he wanted the worship to come to him now what does it have to do with the choice being yours remember we say every day you have an opportunity to choose go with me over to deuteronomy 30 chapter deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 11 and this is where we're going to wrap up today the there's no escaping choices when you begin to when you make decisions to live a lifestyle outside of what it is that the word of God has to say, there are going to be results. There's going to be consequences. You know, when people talk about judgment, judgment simply means when you say it's judgment, you can get a good judgment. If you ever been to court, you can get a ju judgment that's in your favor or you can get a judgment against you. At the end of the day, the, the judgment is based off of whatever it is the guideline has to say. And see, this is the thing about God's word. God doesn't change. His word's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, his covenant with us is different, but his word remains the same. His word remains the same. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Are you getting anything out of this? There's no escaping choices. So if you get off of here today and you start going out there and you start 
cursing out, you know, about Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, when you start cursing about President Biden, or you start arguing with your, your mother and your father, or sister and brother, or your husband and wife, understand you are yielding yourself to the deceptions of the adversary whose ultimate goal is to get you so divided against yourselves you cannot stand because you're, you use so much energy to fight one another you have not realized that he is the one pulling the strings behind that individual. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse number 11 says this, For this commandment which I command you today is not too difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. It's not in, it, is, it is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us to get it for us and make us hear it, that we may observe it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross the sea for us to get it for us and make us hear it, that we may observe it. But the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart that you may observe it. See, the thing about it is sometimes people say, well, you know, if I knew better, I would do better. Well, God says, I have made my word so close to you. I'm putting it in your, I'm giving it to you so you can keep it in your mouth. You can get it in your heart. It can go through your ears. And guess what? And when that word begins, it goes from your head down to your heart to you. When he says observe means so I can see myself doing it and then begin to do it. The, the challenge so many times with even with believers is they hear the word, but they don't do the word. And they're wondering why their life doesn't change. It's kind of like if I hear about an exercise program and I get all the information about it, I'm watching all the videos, I'm reading all the books, but and it's great. It, it's changed, it is renewed my mind, but it's just like repentance. You renew your mind, you change your actions. And then you go a different direct direction. It's the same thing when it comes to the word. You hear the word, you meditate on it so you can see yourself doing it. And then you begin to do it if you, you're going to get a result. You said, prove that. No worries. See, this is what he goes on to say. He says, see, I have set before you today life and prosperity. But there's also death and adversity. In that I command you, he says, so how do you know if you're choosing life and prosperity or if you're making the decision to choose death and uh, adversity? Who did he say was the one to make you choose? Did it say that God was going to choose for you? Did it say your pastor is to choose for you? Did it say your mama, your daddy, your husband, your wife chooses for you? He says, no, you have to choose and he says this is the way you're you'll know that you're choosing life he says when you're choosing life in that i command you today when you're choosing life you are to love the lord your god to walk in his ways or and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his just and his judgments so what is god saying if you're going to walk in life if you're going to walk in prosperity Keep my commandment. What's his commandment? To love others just as Christ has loved you. To, to take his word, his teachings and instructions, and to apply them to your everyday life. When you make a decision to do that on a day-to-day basis, he says, this is what's going to happen. If you begin to, first, got to love the Lord your God. 
He says, then you are to walk in his ways, keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgment. He says that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering in to possess it. So he says, if you want to have a blessed life, if you want to live a prosperous life, if you want to live a life where you're, you live and you multiply, he says, then love the Lord your God, walk in his ways, walk in his commandments, walk in his judgments, walk in his statutes. And he says, and all the, then all these things will be made available to you. But it didn't say just by hearing it. He says you had to begin to do it. You had to be, make a decision or a choice to do it. He says, but if you didn't say your president, didn't say your prime minister, didn't say your politicians. He says, but if you, if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but you are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. He says, I declare I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. Guess what he says? He says, if you make a decision, however, not to operate according to God's kingdom of God way of doing things, but you make a decision just like Adam, just like Eve, make a decision to turn and go another way. That's opposite to the way that he has already instructed us. He says, then what's going to happen is he says that you will perish because you've turned away and you begin to obey someone or something that's counteractive to what it is God has already told us to do. Do y'all see that? The choice is yours. The choice is mine. The choice is your family members, your loved ones and friends. God sets it. He said, I've given you life, but you could also choose death. You are the deciding factor. He says, so and now he's, he said all these things. He says, not only will you perish, he said, you will not prolong your days in the land where, where you are crossing into the Jordan to enter into it. In other words, if you make a decision to turn your heart or turn away from my way of doing things and you begin to go another way and you begin to worship and follow out the others that go contrary to my way of doing things, he says, your life is going to, is going to perish. He says, you, you will not live long in that land. Why? Because in that system, there's always a timeline when things begin to break down and fall apart. And that's what Matthew 24 is talking about. All those earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars and all those things is because it's coming to an end of that age where that age of grace is coming to an end. And he's given such a span of time and people have begun to turn away from his way of doing things and start walking after another way. That's why he says, but even when all those things are going, what's going to be still going to be happening, the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things, his laws, his, his, his standards, his God, all those things are still going to be preached as a witness against the people. He also says, so I'm calling heaven and earth to witness against you today. God says this again, and he said this to you. He said this to me. I have set before you life and prosperity. And he says, and then there's death and adversity, blessing, and there is cursing. God says, choose life. Choose life. 
choose life. He says, when you choose life, he says, I want you to choose life. Not only that you may live, he says, you and your descendants may live. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days that you may live in the land which the Lord your God has given unto you. So what do you do in the midst of all kind of chaos? What do you do when all H-E-double-L is breaking out? What do you do when all these things are happening? I mean, there's wars and rumors of war and there's famine and there's COVID and there's all this going on and all these elections and people and people lying and people deceiving. And, and he says, what, what, what do I do, Lord? What do I do? He says, choose life. Make a decision. Choose life. Choose my way of doing things. Choose me. Choose my way. Follow wholly after me. I've already made a way of escape for you, but it's going to take a decision on your part. In fact, when I got born again, I was in the middle of a situation and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get out of it. I knew what the world's way told me to get out of it, but I didn't know what to do. And then he said, he says this question. I didn't even remember. No, it was the Lord talking to me at the time until later on when he says, I have a way out of this for you, but it's going to take a decision on your part. Just that simple. And all I remember saying to this day is, oh, okay. And when I said, oh, okay. When I said, I'm choosing your way out. Bam. Then it happened. Then he made the great exchange. He took that old nature and gave me his nature. He took that old spirit that that was that was bound to the kingdom of darkness and he placed in me a new spirit, a new created spirit which now is bound to the kingdom of God. He put a new nature on inside of me. But even after that new nature came on inside of me, guess what happened? I still had to renew my mind. Because you are a three-part being. You are a spirit that lives in a body, that possesses a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotion. That's why when he says, well, the word is near you, in your heart and in your mouth, that's the word of faith. That's the word we preach. That's the word we declaim. What are we saying? He says, I got your word in my, in my heart. It's coming out of my mouth, and it's renewing my mind to your way of doing things. Say the word, Lord, so that I can remember in order to repent. You got to get the word first, renew your mind, change, turn from it, and begin to walk out in a new way. That's how we have to make a choice every single day. The choice is yours. There's no escaping choices. Whether you make the decision or not, there's no escaping choices. It's either going to be God's way or the world's way. There is no in-between. There is no, you know, well, I'm going to do it God's way today. I'm going to do it the world's way tomorrow. I'm going to do it God's way on this situation. I'm doing, you know what that's called? Man, we talked about it. What's the adversary want to get you into? Division. Two different views on the same issue. It's either God or the world. There is no in-between. Not in the kingdom of God. There is no in-between. So, how do you, what if, what if it, what you're saying, so 
What do you, what do I do if 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 I've been doing if I've been double minded if I've been going God's way the world's way God's way the world way What do I do? It's simple. We can fix that for you right now. What are we gonna do? You're gonna repent. How are you gonna repent? Because now you have new information that tells you, hey, this is what's been going on. This is why it's been going on. But God says I've given you an opportunity, just like it says here. Today you choose. Today you make a decision. Today you decide. You know what, God? I'm gonna do it your way. I'm gonna follow you. It don't matter what it look like. I don't care what other people think. I made a decision. I'm gonna do it your way. Everything on this earth is temporary. It's gonna pass away. But the things that of God are eternal. So, how do you make that decision? Well, in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this. That the word of God is near you, is in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can't think this. You have to say it out of your own mouth. You have to make a decision. Now, understand this. The prayer is the starting point. It's not the end point and so many people believe I, if i just pray this prayer and I, i'm good i can go out and do everything i want to do because grace has covered all that other stuff no 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 when you make a decision to make jesus remember you're making jesus lord and he's already savior you're making him lord saying you're you have the final say so if you want to start over again you want to make a decision to choose life and prosperity today as opposed to continuing to choose death and adversity, I'd like to lead you in this prayer and we'll get it taken care of right now in the name of Jesus. So repeat this prayer after me in Jesus' name. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in the grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord, and I receive your offer of forgiveness. Thank you, Father God, for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for loving me enough to send your son, Jesus. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, I want to welcome you back into the kingdom of God. Welcome you into the body of Christ. Welcome you back into right relationship and right position with God. Now, remember, we said repentance or praying that prayer is only the starting point. It's not the end point. It's only the starting point. So what do you need? What's my next step? Man, you need to get in a word-based church that teaches about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the Ignite Depot is just such that church. We teach about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but we also teach about how to operate and live according to the kingdom of God. And that's what is supposed to be going on in these latter times. When all these things are going on, he says, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to stand strong and proclaim the kingdom of God throughout all the earth. And so we're preaching the kingdom of God, north, south, east, and west, throughout all the nation of Canada, throughout the United States, 
all over in parts of Southeast Asia, over in Africa, over in Europe. We're preaching uh, the word of God everywhere and every opportunity we get. Why? Because we know when you make a decision to do it God's way, you get God's results. So on behalf of Minister Juin and myself and the entire Ignite Depot uh, Night uh, Brigade, we want to thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day. God bless you.